Hello and welcome back to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm Greg B, joined today by Leslie. Hello! And not Jacob. <laughs> Jacob is in uh, Japan yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, kind of took us by surprise to be here without, you know, our tech guy and fearless leader. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we're here in my kitchen, which is familiar territory, because if you've ever seen any of our board game bistro videos, that's where we film. Right. It is a very comforting kitchen. <laughs> yeah. It's a comforting space. Yeah. Uh, surrounded by my Christmas tree, too. Yeah. Well, also a very nice presents. tree. Yes. Yeah. This is this is definitely the most festive space in my life, personally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have any Christmas decorations, but... <sighs> we love Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll show you later. But for our wedding, instead of having a guest book, we had our guests make us Christmas ornaments, and there okay. we pull them out every year and put them on the tree. There is a beholder made out of pipe cleaners over there. That is delightful. Yeah. That yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah. So it's pretty great. So should we talk about what we've been playing? I think so. All yeah. right. Because I've been playing it. many things, and I haven't been on the podcast, and I've been saving them. We'll take it away. Yeah. Let's... You you go crazy. Sure. So uh, last Friday, I got to play the new Arkham Horror for the first time, which... Well, I played it a de- as a demo at Gen Con last year. Okay. Or this year, rather. And I got to... We played through a full game, and uh, we kicked that Elder God's butt. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We got all the minions before... The card had too much doom on it, and the, basically the Elder God came out, and we annihilated him in, like, one turn. Hey, I mean, that's the dream, right? That's what you really want yeah. to be doing to Elder Gods. Yeah, so it's, I will say, I, I've played probably Elder Chore more recently than I've played the old Arkham Horror. Mm-hmm. I felt like this had a better pace to the game. It sure. felt more cooperative. Um, the character I played, I think her name was Marie or Maria, she um, had the ability to let someone else repeat an action she had just taken. Oh, that's always useful. Yeah. And then also there's a action limitation in the game where you can't repeat the same action. But she had a, an action ability that she had witch's blood, which allowed her to overrule that. Okay. And her other innate ability could allow someone else to also overrule that. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of utility going on. Yeah, I had a lot of fun because I, you know, I really like playing characters that help buff other people mm. and stuff like that. So, yeah. I, I really felt useful for the whole game. Good. Um, which, and that was the comment Hunter had made too. He played the cop. He kept arresting the bad guys instead of killing them. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the thing from the deep. You're under arrest. Yeah. Well, it does specifically say that you can't arrest epic monsters. Okay, that's or epic fair. Epic NPCs right. or whatever. Only humans. <laughs> yeah, we've got Yogsathoth down in like the <laughs> the local jail. Yeah. Although there was one character in our scenario called Wolfman Drew. Two oh, words. Okay. Wolfman. Wolfman Drew. Right. But people kept saying. Wolf Mandrew, <laughs> yeah, it was. But we had a lot of fun. It was, it was a, it was a good game. I would definitely play it again. Um, it was apparently there was a lot of setup, but our friends set it up before we got there. So, oh, so you Yay! didn't have to worry about it, yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm looking forward to the expansions. That uh, it looks like the game will have a lot of ability to add expansions to it be- with mm-hmm. more new and interesting scenarios. So that's exciting. Okay, yeah, that'll be good. Also played. 
Crusaders, They Will Be Done, which came in the mail from Kickstarter. Sounds intense. Over the weekend. Yeah. Um, basically, you crusade across Europe, you know, conquering people and building cities and castles and stuff. And sure. As one does. I will say I was concerned because, you know, it's kind of... You have a little rondel or hexagon where you put down pieces that will determine what actions you t- can take. Okay. And then you move pieces around the circle. So depending on how many pieces you have on that particular action space determines how many of that action you can take or how powerful that action is. Huh. Like if you need to have five to overtake the tribe you're trying to beat, you need to have five little action pieces on that space okay all right i think i understand yeah or there and but there's also stuff that you can open up on your board that gives you bonuses to those as well okay sure all right so you can kind of like build into a particular like i want to be oriented i don't know what the actions are i imagine one of them is like crusade or something there Uh, is actually there we go yeah so you can spec into like crusading versus maybe trading or there's actually no trading there's no diplomacy it's all um travel uh build crusade muster which is building up your armies sure yeah yeah oh and influence which is getting victory points so okay um and it's it was actually a pretty quick game which i liked because once you have played it a few rounds and you figure out what the actions you can take are, mm-hmm. it goes really fast. Cause I was I'm I'm not typically a person that will plan my next actions. Right. In this game, I had like three to five actions in advance planned. Oh, wow. Because you have to rotate the pieces. So if I have five pieces on one triangle. When I use those five pieces, I have to drop them off clockwise around the board sure so sometimes you're taking an action because i need those pieces to get to this other place so i can take that action interesting well yeah that sounds pretty fun i would definitely be interested in giving that a shot yeah yeah uh it's not my favorite uh like theme necessarily but it is one that i'm familiar with sure with the the original assassin's creed and a couple other games that i played growing up like i'm I'm at home in, like, Crusader-era nice stuff. So, yeah. I'm, yeah, I wouldn't I'm, say it's necessarily my favorite theme either. And I think if it were a longer, more, like, sticky, Intense. Yeah, and it, I probably wouldn't be so into it. Sure. But I think for what it is, it's it's a solid, you know, 45-minute to an hour-long game, depending on how many people are playing. Our first playthrough with two people took maybe 45 minutes. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I joined Hunter's Alternative RPG. Oh, that's fun. Which I haven't played an RPG in a long time. He's running a sort of system. Basically, the characters, all of the other characters in the game are avatars that got separated somehow from their human counterpart and became sentient. Okay, I remember you telling me about this, yeah. Yeah. And they have now somehow gotten into the real world, and they have robot bodies. Sure. Like you do. Like, like you do, yeah. Yeah. Part so the there was only three of us playing, and one of the characters was given a big moral decision to make. You know, which is hard when you're a robot. <laughs> um, and so she decided she wanted to take some time to think about the decision. And so we ended up at a club in the middle of London. Okay. 
and uh, where all the best decisions get made. Right, right. So, and I'm like their human bodyguard, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm their human bodyguard. They're robots, but whatever. I've been assigned to do this thing, and that's that was my in to the game. Right. And uh, so I'm kind of keeping an eye on her, and we're at a club, and some dude takes her into a back room, and I'm like, this is a problem. Because <laughs> she's a robot. Right. <laughs> so she basically takes him into this back. She follows him into the back room. He thinks he's going to get lucky. She starts interrogating him. There it is. And this is where I love my friend Wendy, who uh, was playing. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you here? What did you bring me here? And Hunter, playing the NPC, says, I wanted to hook up. And she says, hook up to what? <laughs> <laughs> And we died. And I think it's going to be a fun game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that, if that was your introduction to the game, it sounds like you have some uh, some pretty great yeah. players. Yeah. And some pretty fun So then, play. you know, she let me in t- to the room and I helped her out and shenanigans ensued. And right. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. So I look forward to playing that again. All right. Yeah. Definitely was- looking for uh, forward to updates from that. We'll have to bring back our, uh, we had the the segment tales from the tabletop oh yeah uh, but n- none of us have been in tabletop mm. rpgs in forever so oh, well. we had to sort of de facto retire it i'm sure we'll have to fix that uh when the sentinels rpg comes out too yeah there we go hunter really wants to run that too i mean that sounds fun yeah i definitely had a lot of fun playing with the marvel universe rpg back mm-hmm. in college so i could be down for some good superhero action yeah well, you know how I love Sentinels, so. Right. Anything Sentinels-related will be, that's right up your alley. For my own part, I had a couple of games also on my travels that I forgot to recount on our, our last time we talked about this. I was hanging out with some friends, and we got to play a couple of sort of like light RPG experiences. We did a game of Fiasco, which is always ridiculous. Uh, and then we did a game of A Quiet Year as well, so that was cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, the fiasco game, we decided to set it in, we used the suburban town, like pre-written setting. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was all about like the, the things that you find in like the well-manicured neighborhood and the goings on of the low level civil servants and all that type of stuff. There ended up being some mobsters involved. That was fun. But the game of A Quiet Year was somehow more ridiculous because we started out in the middle of a forest with a small group of people who were sort of struggling to survive, as happens in A Quiet Year. And we ended up, I don't remember what came first, but the long and short of it is there was a cave full of capybaras and then a bunch of 10-year-olds started riding the capybaras and they had all of our guns for some reason. So they were the capybara cavalry. And then they got split up from the rest of the town, and then a giant hamster showed up, and it wouldn't stop crying, which we used to relieve our water scarcity. Uh, But then it made friends with all the capybaras, and it stopped crying, so then we were out of water again. And at a certain point, I think we sort of just said, I think everyone just dies. (laughs) I think that was was literally how it ended. We, it, it just, it got so far afield <laughs> i mean when you have a army of armed eight ten year olds on capybaras with all of your guns that, yeah that's there's really no coming back no from that. no no i don't so. think there is 
but uh, but it was fun. I mean, for for all of its ridiculousness, it is always a fun game to play and just sort of see what kind of crazy things people can come up with. So, but uh, yeah, that was that was fun. That's what I've been playing lately, and we'll see in 2019 what kind of new stuff we've been playing when I know. we come back. There's all these presents under the tree. Definitely going to be some games in there. Oh, yeah. My whole stack right there. Those are all games. Oh, you know. Well, I wrapped them. Yeah, oh. you know. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. All all Leslie. No Santa here. Yeah. This is all You can hard tell work. the ones that I wrapped versus the ones Hunter wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Well, there you go. That's what we've been playing lately. right so what happened in 2018 20 i mean you happened in 2018 i did happen in 2018 uh i joined the podcast in january right which is much longer ago than i (laughs) i thought we we were thinking about what to talk about for this episode and we were like oh my gosh when did leslie join and it turned out to be january i was like oh my god that's so long ago yeah Uh, yeah that was jacob's old apartment mm mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. And so, status report, how do you feel? I feel you... pretty good. Um, I really love introducing you guys to some games. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you have introduced us to some real gems. Yeah. You know, shocking that day when I found out that you had never played Sentinels of the Multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> you, you corrected it. You, you set us on the right course. Yeah. And then I'm hoping that uh, since... The Kickstarter finally has arrived now in 2018. We can play Oblivion sometime in the next year. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's been great learning different things. And I'll I'll talk about all other stuff that we've done this year, too. But I had a good time. I'm hoping to uh, continue to participate uh, at the same level or more if I can in the new year. Good. Yeah, we're, we're very happy that you joined. We... Just the two of us are too mind meldy in a lot of ways. And it just turns into this chorus of like, oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Uh, So having you as just this literal and figurative breath of fresh air has been wonderful. And I'm super happy you're you're on the podcast with us. We got to disagree on a game. We did, which was exciting. Yeah. Definitely Un, not unprecedented, but rare. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's exactly that sort of thing. Just having a, a third voice, having a different perspective has been, I think, really great for the podcast. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And then that led to, so we have this idea on how to teach games. Yeah. In a kitchen. Can we use we, your kitchen? That, that was really, <laughs> that's what it was. We, we really are just using you for your kitchen, I hate to tell you. No, um, yeah, it kind of that was just a really happy coincidence that you know we had this idea for board game bistro. Mm. Let's teach people how to play games and do it in the style of a cooking show. We love cooking shows. We love cook. Well, some of us love cooking. Yeah, some of us don't mind cooking. We're just bad at it. But you like eating the food that gets there. We cooked. go. I like eating the food that get, that gets cooked. So yeah, and so you know we we put those two things together and board game bistro was born. And I think that's been a really big thing for us this year. Yeah. Um, Moving into that sort of not quite scripted, but definitely more staged, rehearsed, 
video format is really uh, a new space for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely still some improv. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and what was it? The first one we did got like over a thousand views, which was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, I mean, just validating, yeah. you know, to know that, that there's uh, a people out there who think that this is good. They think that this is an interesting way to learn their favorite games, that they're using that resource, because that's really what it's about. Like we right. we have varying amounts of fun filming them. We do. But like really the idea is to to give people something that they need. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was great to know that there were people who were who were using the video. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's good. You know, and I have some excuses to buy some new things for the kitchen that yeah. are also can be used as you know board game component holders right yeah. <laughs> you know just uh side uh, side benefit or, yeah. or side consideration so uh, yeah but so, yeah those are a lot of fun yeah that's been a big apart from you joining i think board game bistro is probably the single biggest like new direction for the podcast this year but it's not it's not the only video like no. series format um you know we've got we've expanded our streams hugely which has been a lot of fun having those more on a consistent schedule, really settling into I, I like where we've ended up with having the streams be mostly focused on like campaign mode, story mode mm-hmm. games. Yeah. Um, you know, near and far, Gloomhaven, Pandemic, Pandemic Legacy. Legacy. Like mm-hmm. just being able to have this through line, I think adds a really nice element to to the stream. So I know that's not exactly your bag. It's fine. Uh, but. I mean, we did one stream with you guys that I think we was Spirit Island because that's our kind of our obsession. But it's true. Um, it's just you know, it's hard to get into the district. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't live in the area, I live um, about forty-five minutes to an hour drive away yeah. from where Jacob lives and where all the streaming typically happens. Yeah, it's um, it's not insignificant. So. On a weeknight, on a school night, it can be hard to get out there, but yeah. But then some of the, the video stuff that we have branched out into that you have been able to be a part of yes. is the Jenga interviews Yeah, as part of sort of our putting ourselves out there literally, physically, <laughs> uh, and going to board game conventions, yeah. which has been another huge difference for us. I mean, Washington... We love Washington. Yep. It's local. It's great. It's fantastic. And we're always going to be there. But this year we got to go to Origins. Which was awesome. Which was super cool. And talk to game designers. Yeah. Which was super cool. That was very cool. Um, I have to say I did definitely enjoy talking to people, though, at Origins. I think probably my favorite interview, though, was getting to interview uh, Victoria. Oh, yeah. Um, At Washington, you know always looking to promote other women in the game industry, specifically mm-hmm. female game designers. And just their game was, which is not yet out. Um, I'm sure we'll bring it up on for when it comes up for Kickstarter. I think February is their target. Yeah, and this is uh, Gladius, which we, we talked about. We did the Jenga interview with them at Washington. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. And all of their unique art pieces and representation in their game was just so powerful too so that's probably the one interview that sticks with me the most mm-hmm. as cool as it was to interview people at origins too you know got, getting to interview my friend stan was pretty great <laughs> yeah <laughs> just i mean it's networking right? right it's all just hey 
You want to be on our show? Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. But yeah. And it's been easier than I first anticipated to come up with questions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely worried that I would like run out of ideas or things to talk about. But it's really easy to just sort of segue into oh, wait, you told, you talked to me about this really cool yeah. thing before we started recording. I'm going to bring that in. And then, then it's not just, what's your game about? When's it coming out? But yeah. you can actually sort of personalize it for those people. And that's, I think, really fun. Yeah. Any particular Jenga interview moments that stand out for you? I'm trying to think about my favorite Jenga interview that we've done so far. And I think... It would probably have to be the one that we had with Ben, Ben Rossett, Mm. at uh, Origins. Partially because, you know, we love Ben. He's great, and he's designed fantastic games. And also partially just because, like, we got to talk about so many different games. Because he's he's constantly working. He's got lots of different things coming out. He's also really just a person who pushes the boundaries of game design. So Mm -hmm. getting to hear about all of the sort of... Uh, new mechanics and new ideas that were were coming out was really really cool awesome yeah so what did you think about your first origins it was a lot (laughs) i mean it's convention experiences are always a lot um and i've i've never gone to a board game convention before i have gone to other types of conventions and it's always a lot um, but it was it was great. Like the fact that everyone was there for this this shared purpose, this shared interest, mm-hmm. and everyone sort of recognized that everyone else had the same passion. So you know, if you wanted to just find a pickup game of of whatever your favorite game was, like you could do that. There were just people at tables saying, "Hey, come on over," or mm-hmm. or "Hey," they'd grab you out of the line and say, "Like, hey, come play this game with us." And it was just super fun to be in that space where everybody had this shared love. Yep. That's definitely how I feel at conventions. I mean, obviously, as an extrovert, I get a, something different <laughs> out of it. Right, but right. I just, you know, having been to other very, very big, busy conventions and then coming to, like, Origins and Gen Con, you know, Gen Con is diff- massive, but there's still that general feeling of we're all here because we love the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we're all, like, the same people. You know, there's not a lot of pushing and angry and I have to get to this thing right now and you're in my way. Right. um, That I have experienced at other conventions, like Dragon Con. I will never go back to Dragon Con. It was miserable. Everybody was drunk and angry (laughs) all the time. (laughs) And at Gen Con, yeah, there's probably uh, some drunkenness happening and whatnot. Almost certainly. Sure, but... Like, when people bump into you, they apologize, and, you know, everybody's just there to play games. Like, mm-hmm. all of the frustrating p- things happen before you get there. With Gen Con, it's signing up for demos and sure. plays of games, because, let's be fair, board games have somewhere between one and, like, eight seats. Right. So you don't you have a can't lot of... Ev- you can't have a line at the con for someone for people want, who want to play that game. So right. they do the ticketing system which can which frustrates people, but in the end it does make sense. And in Origins too. Origins has a special kind of place though because it also happens in the middle of Columbus Pride. Right, which was super fun. We got to watch the uh, the parade from like the 
it was like a sky bridge yes. type thing uh, between the hotel and the convention center. So that was really fun. Yeah. So you get to watch the parade without actually like being in the way of the parade, which is great. Yeah. And so not only is everybody super happy and excited to be playing games, there's also glittering unicorns and rainbows and everyone's happy for pride. So right. like, yeah, that it was it was a good time. It's just a good, good vibe in the air. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then besides all of the sort of peripheral stuff, we've done some interesting new things with the podcast itself, too. I think we've we've grown a lot in 2018, sort of solidified uh, the format. We have, I don't know if we ever actually explicitly said this. No, probably um, not. (laughs) But uh, astute listeners will probably have noticed that we have settled into a rhythm of doing a review every other week. And then each week in between is broken up between either a discussion about a general topic in board games or a general topic in tabletop RPGs. Uh, And I think this has been great. I think it allows us to sort of extend the shelf life, I suppose, of our review format because, I mean, let's face it, there's only so many games that we're going to be able to review (laughs) while also bringing in some of those new concepts that we had previously been exploring with stuff like the vlogs um, and moving them into the podcast space, more of kind of bringing them into the core yeah. of of who we are. And yeah, I think we that's are only great. three people, and we have day jobs. <laughs> so it's true. Yeah, I mean, and and it's also enabled to, us to do stuff like our top ten games mm-hmm. for the one hundredth episode, and we did that fun the you know our intro episode, which is funny to do an intro episode somewhere in your hundredth. Yeah. Uh, episodes, but, but I mean, you, you know, know better I think late it was than good never. to give like background on who we are. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and we have some new formats that we've been playing around with, like Meeple yeah. versus Meeple. Yeah, that's been a fun one. I am still a little bitter that we lost oh, Pandemic Legacy. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, so the Meeple versus Meeple is a lot of fun. It's fun to think about other kinds of games we can pit against each other mm-hmm. and talk about um we did have hunter on talking about painting minis right which is you know just more new voices more bringing people onto the podcast and and that's great because i mean let's face it jacob and i are boring we have we have voices <laughs> that will put you to sleep uh so getting new people on to talk about other stuff has been definitely a good a good move for us this year yeah yeah, he was excited to do that too. So right, and then the other big thing, the really big thing, the really big thing. I mean, I've said that like three times now, you but have. <laughs> uh, I'm enthusiastic. Dang it! Um, no, but but a, a really big move for us was starting this Patreon. Yeah, um, and we we have a Patreon now, and we have we have people who are our patrons, which is fantastic and still a little bit mind-blowing they like us they really like us exactly it's that you know just this idea that you know we can have uh, people who really appreciate what we do and are willing to buy into that literally that enables us to do more interesting stuff like we we haven't quite reached our goal yet of 60 dollars a month mm-hmm. but we're very very close and when we get there that's going to enable us to obviously 60 dollars a month that's a board game Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're going to be able to do the the poll, the monthly poll that says, hey, what do you all want us to review? And just being able to incorporate our listeners that much more actively and and kind of engage with them more consistently. And we've got the, the polls that are going to be able to give them a chance to get their name in the like in our, our campaign games and our long running games. And it it just feels to me, it feels like a way 
to sort of expand what the dragon's demise family is like who that is yeah and bring more people in yeah and i love that i like that dragon's demise family <laughs> I, I i don't know it's crazy for me to sometimes think that i'm talking on a podcast and somebody out there is gonna listen to it <laughs> yeah and they do listen to it and you know and or we post to instagram or facebook and people respond and it's cool yeah it's it's pretty exciting and also kind of mind-blowing sometimes and also i think patreon's gonna help us have a better 2019 yeah absolutely i think you know looking forward having this be a consistent thing be a thing that we have backing us no pun intended but (laughs) sort of like we've got the wind at our backs i suppose you know we've got this this core of people who support our work and we're going to be able to do more interesting things. We're going to be able to push the envelope a little bit in terms of, you know, already talked about the types of reviews that we can do because we can acquire games that we don't already have in terms of what type of content we'll be able to create. Um, I know we want to go to a lot more conventions this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want to go not just WashingtonCon, not just Origins, but we also want to go to Gen Con. We want to go to PAX Unplugged. So being able to be at those places and maybe have our badges be covered by our patrons. <laughs> or just have press badges. Or just have press badges. I mean, that's the ideal. Yeah. Right? That's, that's where we really want to go. But yeah. just being able to expand what we can do in 2019 because of Patreon is a very exciting uh, prospect. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, I, I go to Gen Con every year, so that won't be a change for me. I will go regardless. <laughs> I will be there. If you're listening, come tell me you like the podcast. Do it. If you don't like the podcast, maybe don't tell me. I don't she know. She feeds on energy. Like <laughs> I do. human energy. <laughs> um, and I would really like to go to PAX Unplugged. It's not far from us. Um, right. I have family up in Philly, actually. Um, and they were really excited at the thought that I might go. But because I had so much work travel right beforehand, even going as not part of the podcast became just not an option but i think i have fewer conventions for work at the end of next year so but yeah uh i mean i love i love board game conventions i think i could learn to love them i will okay i say that i think i can learn to put myself out there and do the things that conventions ask of you without being like oh my god there's too many people i mean my friend scott who rooms with us at gen con every year right he is also an introvert and was also very concerned attending his first Gen Con. And I remember this moment. We get there and we're in the big convention hall and somebody has built a giant pandemic board. Like nice. painted on a tarp. Wow. Massive, like on the floor. And he was like, that's a giant pandemic board. I love this place. <laughs> and, you know, and it was just such a magical kind of moment. And, like, there's so much positive board game energy. And at the end of the day, like, you're sitting down to play a game with, like, again, somewhere between two to eight other people, maybe. Two right. to six other people. You're not typically sitting down with hundreds of people. Right. Yeah, it's more, it's less about being in the same place as hundreds of people and more just a sequence of being in the same place as Mm -hmm. five to six different people. Right, right. So I think that's something that makes Gen Con a little bit easier to handle than, or board game conventions easier to handle than other conventions. Right, yeah, definitely. And please come to Washington. 
Please. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Washington, again, we cannot say it enough. Washington is always fantastic. It's just so, like, intimate. You know, yeah. just being able to find a table with your friends, being able to make uh, new friends because all of the volunteers, all of the, the people who are staffing the convention are just super happy to be there. Like, it's all, mm-hmm. it's still, it feels just like community driven. Yeah. You know? it, well, it is. It is. And actually, it's funny because Hunter and I are still talking about the dumpling place we went to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, there's a dumpling place that is not far from the convention, and it's called Dumplings and Beyond. Uh, and it lived up to his name. <laughs> um, and I highly recommend it. Should you come in town to come to Washington? Yeah, so I will it. be there. Do the thing. Um, yeah. So how about our, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, so this is the other sort of, you know, fun thing for 2019 is thinking about what we're going to do with the the podcast itself. And and so we talked a little bit about some of the new formats that we've pioneered. You know, we got Meeple versus Meeple out. Uh, I think that's super fun. We always had a lot of fun with bringing on the guest judges and going head to head, which, again, is unconventional for us because we agree. You know, even even you, even our, yeah. our fresh voice we tend to like the same types of games. Right. Uh, and so pitting ourselves against each other and saying like, no, this is a hard line. I'm right and you're wrong <laughs> uh, is great. And so we wanted, we definitely want to do that more. And um, even when we disagree, it's not I'm right and you're wrong. It's, right. We agree to disagree very amicably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're friends. And right. that's what friends do. Right. Yeah. yeah, but and then and then other opportunities to bring more people into the podcast as well. So um, we talked about it a little bit last year, and it didn't quite get to, I think, the place where we wanted it to, but bringing on some of our friends from around town, some of the faces that you've seen on stream, or maybe a few of the voices you've heard on the podcast sometimes, and just giving them regular segments, maybe monthly segments, uh, and break up the, the what we've been playing routine a little bit, you know, uh, hunter could come back and talk more about miniatures painting because that's not really any of our areas of expertise or you know our friend who's really into like power gaming can come in and talk about you know this is how to like optimize your strategy optimize your build and i think that would be great i think that's something that we really want to aim for this year so uh be on the lookout for for that some just new voices new faces yeah that's exciting. We also would love to, you know, in the theme of the Jenga interviews, partner with other publishers and, and designers. And we, we made some connections at Origins that we hope to, you know, partner with those people more. Mm-hmm, definitely. Mostly because they're fun. <laughs> um, you know, the more we can do and just hear from other people and talk to other people, interview people, that kind of thing is definitely something that... I'm hoping that we can do in yeah. the next year. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think I think exploring more video content. Yeah. And being able to produce Board Game Bistro more, I want to say professionally, like that's just the adjective that comes sure. to mind. Uh, but yeah, just being better at it, being, uh, you know, having higher production quality, having better, you know, delivery and making it a better product. I think that's something that we're very excited about. And I think we've done a lot to... From the first one to the last one, it's no longer an entire day ordeal right. to film. Yeah. We're definitely which getting is better. Exciting, you know. We kind of have a feel for what we're doing. We don't have to take like six takes. Yeah, 
but it's so much fun and um it's fun to think about how you would present different games in that way yeah so um i'm you know already thinking and ideas turning over what kinds of games we can do and and like i said before i need to go to like home goods and buy little more kitcheny prep yeah things yeah yeah to be used both as kitchen prep and as video production right (laughs) double duty yeah so well yeah i think you know 2019 i think is going to be a really fun good year for dragon's demise so yeah thanks everyone for coming along with us or if you've just joined thank you for joining us as we move into the new year yeah thank you all right everybody thank you so much for joining us for this podcast and for all of 2018 uh we're so happy to be here with you happy holidays happy new year happy Mm -hmm. all of the things be on the lookout for new podcasts in 2019. We're hoping to do one a year, but schedules are a little hectic right now. One a week. So, yeah, one a week. Oh, did I? You said one a year. (laughs) We're hoping. (laughs) We're just going to make a 24-hour long podcast once a year. That's all you get. No. We're hoping to do one podcast a week, just like normal, but uh, schedule's a little crazy right now. So we're not exactly sure what we're talking about just yet, but... I'm sure we'll let you know. Wanted to give a shout out to to our Greater Worm Patreons. We have five now, which is very exciting. Um, So thank you to Carissa, Casey, Hunter, Meg, and Sam. And we also wanted to give a special shout out to a friend of the podcast, Jason, who joined us at Origins this last year for getting engaged. So congratulations, Jason and Maria. Congratulations, guys. We love you. All right. So thank you again. And we look forward to seeing you and talking with you in 2019.